Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. I love it. I love it. I love it. Why don't you high five? High five four and a half people around you say, welcome to church. Welcome to church. I'm glad you're here. High five a couple people and have a seat. You can have a seat after that. You can have a seat after that. You can have a seat after that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, man, we're so honored that you're here. I want to just start out by welcoming everybody in that's watching online. And, and uh, man, happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. Uh, happy Father's Day to my dad. Uh, he was in both services today. He is because we're going to be able to go to get some lunch today. Uh, but, man, honor my dad. So thankful for him and all of you guys and, and father figures out there. Man, we're just so thankful for you. So thankful that you're here today. And we're continuing a series. we got two more weeks of it left called Legends. Somebody shout Legends. And I believe today's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really glad you're in the room. I'm really glad you're here. And we're really glad you're watching online. And so, hey, today um, we're going to be talking about a guy I think a lot of us have known about, have heard about uh, before when it comes to faith. See, what we've been doing with this series has really been this idea of looking at past guys and gals that have come before us in this race called faith. And we've been looking at their life. And, and what we've been talking about really has been centering around this idea of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. It's kind of been the verse that we've been going to every single week together just to kind of start us there and then what we do is we take this um, we take this verse and kind of pair it with uh, another person that's gone before us in faith. But this is kind of the centering thing that we've all been around. It's in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. If you're ready for God's word, say I'm ready. All right, that was decent, but I said if you're ready for God's word, say I'm ready. All right, good. This is what the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, watch what it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run. Somebody shout run. Let's run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And so we've been taking this verse right here, and if you go back literally just a chapter before this, there are many people that are talked about in that, uh, kind of that huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith. If you go back to Hebrews chapter 11, you'll find a lot of those people we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks that have gone before us in the faith and what they even did. And I just want to encourage you, I think so many times what we think is that these are like just incredible people with incredible amounts of faith and God did incredible things with them and he could never use me. I want to just challenge that way of thinking because honestly, these were everyday ordinary people just like you and I and God, they said yes to God and guess what? God used them to do absolutely extraordinary things for him. I believe you're in the same boat. I believe all of us are and so the guy we're going to talk about today, uh, again, kind of this picture that we've been kind of rallying around over the last few weeks with this series 
series called Legends is this idea that if you can imagine all of these guys and gals that have gone before us in the faith that are up in the stands, right? They're up in the stands and you and I are on the racetrack of life and we're, we're running around this race called faith. And if we could bring them one by one down to the track and they can make just a lap around with us, what would they say to us? Well, how would they encourage us? How would they uh, just, what would they say about their faith that would encourage and challenge yours and my faith? Everybody good? Everybody good? That's what we've been talking about. This week we're going to talk about a guy I think a lot of us know about, we've heard about, we've read about, but I think today you're going to hear about a life and a leadership moment in this guy's life that maybe you've never heard of. But here's the thing I want you to talk, we're going to talk about today, this guy named Moses. How many of y'all have heard of Moses before? Come on, wave at me if you have. Tap your neighbor and say, we're going to talk about Big Mo. Go ahead, tap your neighbor. Tell them we're going to talk about Big Mo today at church, okay? We're going to talk about Big Mo today. I like that. Uh, and let me pray for us, and then we'll jump in a little bit further together. God, we honor you, Lord. We love you. Jesus, we thank you for today. We can't wait to see what you're going to do as you challenge us this summer just to, just to fall more in love with you and, and, and do the things that you've called us to do so that we can make an impact in our community, in our city, in this nation, and, and in this world for you, Jesus. We love you. We honor you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. So, so again, few of these people we've talked about over the last few weeks have been some guys and gals that we've heard of or have heard uh, maybe you grew up at church, maybe you didn't grow up in church. Perfectly okay because I want you to understand a lot of these guys and gals that we've talked about are kind of everyday common people that we've heard of even in everyday life. So we talked about Noah, right? And, and we talk about anytime it's raining, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, we better go build our boat. Obviously, when it comes to Noah, that is something that just has some license going out right now. That's okay. Uh, and so I think Mike may be leaning on that thing, Mike. My father-in-law right there. He's punched that button. Hey, I love it. Happy Father's Day to my father-in-law as well. I, I told my dad, happy Father's Day to my father-in-law, Mike, my father-in-law, uh, Jay. Just happy Father's Day to you guys too. And um, I, 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 uh, I, I want to let you know that like um, – uh, the guys and gals we've been talking about, Noah and the flood, you've heard of him. We talked about him, Abraham, and, and really if there was one thing that could kind of be summarized up in this thing called uh, his life would be this word faith. Last week we talked about a gal named Rahab. Week before that we talked about this guy named David, and today we're talking about Big Mo, Moses, all right? And so this is what I think Moses, if he would come onto the track and he had anything to say to you and I, what he would say to you and I is this idea, and I want you to write this down because I think note takers are history makers. You may not need it today, but you could use it on Wednesday or Friday or next week or something like that. So write this down. Is that real belief, real belief leads to real action. Real belief leads to real action. I think if Moses could come on the track, he would encourage you and I with this idea that real belief leads to real action. See, what you believe ultimately determines how you act, right? And real belief can literally change your life. That real belief can change your eternity. And again, if you will get this word belief right, it will change everything about you. Somebody shout belief. I like that. And I think that we have to understand that what Satan would love nothing more to do to you and I is to indoctrinate us and think, you know what, uh, go and do this or go and do that. And what seems to be right or what looks like it's right or what we think would ultimately fulfill us. And what we begin to do is we begin to f believe a fake belief. 
You know, like a, a false belief that this thing or that person uh, is going to really satisfy me. And we begin to act on that, right? Because ultimately we're believing something that is false that's leading to actions. And just as your pastor, let me encourage you today. Let me encourage you a little bit with this thought that, that I, I'll save you a little bit of heartache maybe for the next couple of years, right? Is that what you and I need to realize is that our real belief leads to real actions. And let's call it what it does. That also leads to some real consequences consequences, right? That there's many things that I'm even, I have to work through for maybe even some years after my life that I made a choice. I made the, made the choice to do this or that, and I was believing it was going to satisfy me. I was believing it was going to help, but yet now I'm dealing with the ramifications of that, the, the actual um, uh, results of that. So I want to just save you some heartache today. I want to try and do that and just pastor you well and just encourage you that, that would you just take for just a second inventory of your life? Would you just say, hey, you know what, what in my life have I been chasing after that Satan maybe has lured me in or kind of disguised it as something that may be good, but it's really not good for you? It's really sin. Uh, It's really you chasing after stuff that is not God. I want to ask you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. God, what is it in my own life that that I'm struggling with, that I'm walking through, that has I'm going after it, but I'm believing something that's not even real. I'm believing something that's fake, and ultimately it's affecting my actions, and now I'm, I've got consequences because of those things. And so I want to talk about that a little bit today. I want to help give us a definition of what actual real belief actually is. And we're going to do that uh, talking about Big Mo, Moses, right? And I, I want to take us to the New Testament, though, because I want us to look at a conversation that Jesus is having where Moses' name comes up in the conversation. So Moses' name drops in in a conversation that Jesus is having with this guy named Nicodemus. Somebody say Nicodemus. All right, so Nicodemus and Jesus are having a conversation. I want you to know that Nicodemus grew up in church, right? He was a religious dude. He knew everything about the the Bible Uh, up until that point. He knew everything about it. So he was, like, really educated when it came uh, to the Scriptures. He knew the Bible, and so Jesus knew this about him. And so he's having a conversation with him, and Moses' name gets dropped right in the middle of this conversation. And when I'm going to read this part of this thing, this dialogue that's going on between these two guys, you're going to understand that there is a verse in there that all of us know. That I, I think whether you've been in church for a long time or you've been in church for just a little while or never been to church before in your life, that there is a verse in here that all of us are going to recognize, and it's the verse John 3.16. Right? I think all of us, whether we grew up in church or not, recognize this verse. And there is actually, that's in the middle of a conversation that Jesus is having with a guy named Nicodemus. We find that in John chapter 3, verse 14. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. That was decent. I said, if you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. I like it. Here we go. John 3, 14 uh, through 17, it says this. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. So watch what he says. So that everyone who, we're going to say this word together, that word right there. Y'all didn't see that. We're going to say this word right here together on three. You ready? One, two, three believes, right? Okay, great. In him we'll have eternal life for this is how God loved the world. John 3, 16, here it is. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who what? 
believes in him, will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Is there anybody thankful that God didn't send a condemner? God didn't send a judger. He sent a savior for you and I. Man, I'm thankful for Jesus. And I love this scripture. I love it so much. And I think, again, what we need to understand is that Nicodemus has come to Jesus and said, hey, I need to understand some stuff. I need to know what's going on. How can I be saved? And he's real confused. And so Jesus, having this conversation with Nicodemus, that one hinge pin word of the entire thing right there is this word believe. Somebody say believe. believe. All right, like, like it's this word believe. And so Jesus says, yo, 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 let me make it real clear for you, right? Let me make it as easy as I can. Let me make it really plain and simple. Hey, you remember that story about Moses and the desert like, like, you remember that, Nicodemus? And Nicodemus probably be like, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Well, that's the best way I can describe belief to you. And so when I say that, when it, whenever Jesus even says that, hey, you remember that story about Moses in the desert? I'm going to guess about 93.5% of us do not know that story, okay? And so that's the story I really want to hit on today, just kind of look at walk around and just talk for just a second about this idea that, that Jesus hits. And this, number of, uh, this, this actual scripture is found in Numbers chapter 21. That's where we're going to hang out for just a few minutes. But my question before we get there that I want you to answer, that I'm, again, asking the Holy Spirit to just do something on the inside of you, I would just ask that you would ask yourself this question. Do I really believe in Jesus? Do I really believe in Jesus? See, I'm not asking, did you walk an aisle when you were, you know, seven or eight years old? Like, did you do it at, at a camp because everybody else was doing it? Or did you go to church your whole life? Or, or whatever it might, I'm not asking you that. I'm asking, do you really believe in Jesus? Do you really believe in Jesus? And again, excuse me, what he's doing and what Jesus does is he references Moses in Numbers chapter 21 when he's telling this guy about believing in him. So, I, I, again, probably a lot of us know a little bit of the story of Moses. We're just going to get a little context together. Everybody good with that? Get a little context around who Moses is. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. we got to understand that God uh, had, a, had a chosen people called the Israelites, and Moses is one of them. And what happens, though, is they find themselves in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. Somebody say, that's a long time. Come on. Right? It's a long time. 400 years, generations of slavery. It's all they've ever known, right? And so we see that happening. And then one day, God appears to Moses and said, Moses, hey, you're going to have to go, and you're going to have to go talk to the Pharaoh, like who is like the main guy in charge, okay? Like you're going to have to go talk to him and tell him, hey, it's time to let my people go. Right? And I, anybody remember, grew up, if you grew up in church, you remember that song uh, back in the day, Pharaoh, Pharaoh? It's like that, oh, baby, let my people go. That's all the saved people in the room right there, all right? No, I'm just kidding. But, like, like that, was, that was a wild song we sang as a kid. But, yes, Moses was to go to Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, baby, let my people go, right? And Moses, or uh, Pharaoh, Noah, Moses, who are we talking about? I don't even know. Mo. Then Pharaoh's like, oh, baby, no, no, they ain't going nowhere, okay? That's my free, like, labor. What do you mean? And so what begins to happen, maybe you can catch up on this sometime as you're reading. It's in the book of Exodus. What you'll begin to find is that there's these plagues that begin to happen, these things that, that like, water turns to blood. Uh, come on, somebody, that's just weird. That's nasty. And the next thing you know, we got frogs everywhere, all right? I just know something. Allie McLean will be like, Lord, just go ahead and take me now, right now. She can't stand frogs, right? There's frogs. 
there's locusts, there's hail coming down from the sky. There's all kinds of things that are happening, right? And, uh, and so the last plague, there's the 10th plague, and it is, it's the plague that, that the death angel is coming and going to sweep over Egypt. And what's going to happen is all the firstborn of all livestock and people of, of, of Egyptians, Israelites, whoever, your firstborn is going to be killed and taken from you. So what happens is, though, that, that God provides a way there, and he says, hey, if you'll put some blood on the doorpost, I'll pass over your house, and I'll, I'll set your house will be saved. Ultimately, Pharaoh did not do that, and he lost his firstborn son, and so he finds, he's like, yo, y'all going to have to leave. Like, Mo, come get your people, y'all get gone, right? Like, you got to get out of here. What's crazy and wild to me is that they were in, in slavery for hundreds of years, and yet God in his sovereignty and his incredibleness, like he says, hey, you know what you get to do? You get to plunder all of Egypt before you leave. Like you can go get anything you want. Take it all with you, and y'all be gone. Y'all keep going. So they do that. They set out on their way. And this is about a million people, scholars say. A million people leaving Egypt, leaving uh, slavery, and they start to head to a place that God had promised them, known as the promised land, right? How many of y'all heard of the promised land before? Probably all of us have, right? They start heading that direction. Then about a little bit into it, Pharaoh's like, oh, I just let all of my workers go, like every one of them. Like the free labor that I had, I just let all of them go. So, baby, let's, let's get the horses, and we're going to go after them, and they're gonna, we're going to bring them back to slavery. We're going to bring them back to Egypt. And so, again, the, the people of Israel see this beginning to happen, and they're trying to make it to the promised land, and in front of them is that huge thing called the Red Sea. Right? And that there's no way around it. That like, what, What's going to happen? They're going to come back and they're going to get them and they're going to go back into slavery. And what does God do? Right? What does God do? The same God that we sing about in this morning, in this song, is the same God that in that time split the Red Sea. And the Bible says that a million people walked across on dry ground. Like it wasn't even sopping wet, it wasn't mushy. No, 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 it's dry ground. I love that idea. I love the fact that that's the case that happened to, to go. And they, they walk through the Red Sea because of the power of God. And then Pharaoh's army, when they're about to get to them, the waters collapse in them. And they lose, they lose all of their lives and their army. And, and, man, the people of God are freed, right? They're freed. Now they're heading to the promised land. Come on. How many of y'all have ever been on a trip uh, and you are looking forward to your trip, but you got kids in the car with you. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever been on a trip? Like, you're like, oh, that's the promised land. How many of y'all know you get about five minutes into it, and the very first thing anybody's asking, what are they going to ask? Are we there yet? Right? Is that my kids or is that everybody's kids? Everybody, okay? We ain't, I'm like, baby, we ain't even out to drive yet. What you mean? Like, I just shut the door. Like, are we there yet? What do you mean? We got 12 hours to go, Okay. And what begins to happen, what I love, again, that the Bible is, it, it, you got to understand, these are not just made-up people. They're, they're just like you and I. And they're wandering around the desert. They're like, okay, God, are we there yet? Like, have we made it to our home? Like, this is a promised land that you said you were going to give to us. Like, are we there yet? And they begin to ask, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And you got to understand the task that Moses is on. He's leading a million people. And then they're, they're, all their stuff, they're packing up their stuff. They don't have any houses. They've got tents. they got portable church going on. Come on, somebody, right? We know that life for a few years as a church. And they got portable life happening, and they're, they're packing up their house and all their, you know, livestock, goats and sheeps, yes with an S, sheeps and cows and donkeys and kids and moms and dads, and they're moving whenever Moses says to move. 
because he's listening to God. Now think again, this is a huge undertaking. But right in the middle of this, the people of God start to get frustrated. Again, are we there yet? Right, they start out. And how many of y'all know when you get frustrated, come on, how many of you say some things that you probably shouldn't be saying? Come on, somebody. Anybody else a sinner in the room besides me, okay? Right, some of y'all's elbowing your husband right now like, don't do that. Don't do that. I think all of us, when we get frustrated, we say some things we probably wish we could just reel back in. And this is one of those things that comes to a point where the people of Israel start to say some stuff because they're frustrated. And we pick that up. This is what Jesus is referring to when he's saying, hey, you remember that story back then? This is the story. Are you ready? About two of you, I say, are you ready? All right, here we go. Numbers 21. Verse number four, it says this, but the people grew impatient with the long journey. I don't know about you, but I've been there even in my own life, right? God, why ain't I there yet? God, I, I've been doing this. I've been, I've been, I've been kind of just, I've been following after you. Like, what's going on? Why are we not there yet, Lord? And watch what it says. They began to speak. This is the part that was the problem. They began to speak against God and Moses. Watch what he says. Why have you brought us out of Egypt? To die here in the wilderness, they complain. There's nothing to eat here, nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible Cheddar Bay biscuits that you're dropping from the sky, Lord. That's what manna was, right? It's fresh bread every day. They didn't have to provide that like God was providing every day. Come on, they complained about Cheddar Bay biscuits. Come on, well, they're blasphemous, yes. So watch what it says. This is about to get crazy right now, okay? In church, we're about to get crazy in just a second. Okay, so the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and they cried out. And they said, hey, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. And so Moses, being the leader that he is, being the guy that, that he is, and, and just the man of God, man, he prayed and he prayed for the people. And watch what the Lord did in, in verse 8. Then the Lord told him, hey, here's what I want you to do. I'm going I'm to make a way. For there to be some salvation here. I'm going to make a way for there to be something that happens. Make a replica of a poisonous snake. Attach it to a pole. And all who were bitten will live if they simply look at it. Somebody say look at it. If they'll simply look at it. And so Moses made a snake. He did exactly what God had said. He heard God and he did what he said. Come on, sometimes we make church and life a little too complicated. Listen to God, do what he says. Listen to God, do what he says. Moses did it. Made a bronze snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. And watch what the Bible says. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. I love that. I love this idea. How many of y'all have heard that story before? Not a whole lot. I love that. Let's, let me teach you some things today. And this whole story is what Jesus is trying to do to explain to Nicodemus what real belief is. And then he references this story. And so I started to think, okay, how in the world can we make this story more of a story, not just a story, but an actual experience? And so... I know somebody's like, grab your purse, Ethel. I knew they were that kind of church. Come on, we got to go. Listen, I'm going to look at that camera and tell you we ain't that kind of church. I don't care what y'all say. Okay? Um, but I do want to make it a little interesting, and I want to invite a friend who is a trained professional to come in this room right now, and she has a friend that she is going to bring on this stage with us right now. Woo, how many of y'all getting real nervous right now? 
I am, okay? Let me just clarify something real quick. This snake is not going anywhere. It's not getting. Good thing we already let five other ones loosen it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, just joking. Just joking. Okay, so this right here is Miss Anita, and she has with her uh, Miss Banana is her name. Everybody say hi, Miss Banana. Okay, and Banana is an eight-foot-long. Help me one more time. Well, there she is right there. An albino reticulated python. Yes, she, don't be looking at me like that, girl. I'm going to take a step this way. Okay. So, so how many of y'all getting real nervous right now? How many of y'all is like, oh, my goodness. I just thought this would be a great way. And Miss Anita, uh, is, she is considered the reptile queen of aquatic life, which is up by Verizon. Didn't even know that the store was there. And uh, got a chance to meet you this week. And I'm really, come on, can we get up for Miss Anita being here today? It's not going anywhere just yet. And you too, Banana. You just stay over there, though. That'd be great. All right? Just stay right there. Okay. And so really quick. Okay, I'm going to step back so y'all can see over here, like you see what's going on. Okay, all y'all got it. Y'all like, I knew they were that kind of church. No, we ain't that kind of church. Okay, so again, I want to just show you how anxious you are right now. Can you imagine if this thing was sleeping in your tent with you? How nervous are you now? Okay, right, not just one of them. And again, Banette, girl, you better stay over there. Banana is not poisonous. Banana is a pet. These are not pets that we're talking about in the Bible, okay? These are poisonous, fire, like, like some, some crazy, I got to make sure I keep an eye on her, you know what I mean? Some, some crazy serpents. And so what I want you to understand is like if you can just imagine for a second, not just one of them, thousands of them, thousands of them. Everywhere you go, they're there, Okay? Ooh, everywhere. Okay, so just imagine for just a second. Let's put ourselves in this story for just a second. Imagine there's a girl, you better quit looking at me. Okay, uh, all right, let's pray and let's leave. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Just, kidding. just imagine for just a second that, that, that you can imagine this uh, times a thousand or 15,000 or whatever it might be, and they're everywhere that you go that they are there. And these are poisonous, fiery serpents, okay? Just imagine for just a second that your dad decides to go out in the field one day and he's bitten by one of these serpents, and guess what? The next thing you know is within a day he's dead. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine for just a second that dude that you went to school with, that you grew up with? I mean, you've known him for so long. You went to school with him. Guess what happened? He got bit yesterday, and now he's dead. And then that girl that's in like the tent over from you at, at, at the office, you know, tent, not a cubicle, okay, like a tent over from you at the office, like you just saw her yesterday, next thing you know, today she's gone, she's already dead because she's been bitten by one of these snakes. I want us to think about it really quick, because all of us in this room are freaking out a little bit, can we be honest? Some of y'all is like real nervous, I saw some people leaving in the first service, I was like, come back please, like don't... But, like, you're nervous and can, again, put ourselves in this situation where every single day you and I are waking up with, with some animals like this that are a lot meaner than banana is, okay? Like, like poisonous snakes. You start to freak out. You start to realize. Let's just call it what it is. You start to realize that every single day is life or death. You start to realize every single day that you or somebody that you know may die because of these fiery serpents. And what I'm trying to get us to understand is that this is yours and my story. And I'll tell you about that in just a second. But can we give it up for Miss Anita and Miss Banana? 
We're so thankful y'all came. Girl, you're going to have to go back home, all right? You're going to go home. Awesome. Miss Anita, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Everybody in the front row is freaking out right now. Okay. All right. There it is. Some of y'all like, I'm sitting on that side next week for sure. There's no door over there. Okay. But I, I'm trying to, I, try, I wanted to try and take it from like, okay, that's just a story to a real life experience. I wanted you to understand, and this is what I'm trying to get us at. So I think Moses was trying to get to you and I at, and he would tell us this, that sin is the sickness. That sin is the poison. you got to understand that sin is the sickness, that you need to realize that this is yours and my story, and that every single person has been bitten by the snake of sin. And that sin has poisoned every single person ever created. That sin has bitten humanity. And there is no human being that has not been bitten or poisoned by the venom of sin. It doesn't matter who your daddy is. It doesn't matter where you went to school at. It doesn't matter how good or bad you were last weekend. It doesn't matter if you're short, tall, young, old. Everybody has been bitten. And here's the deal. Your actions do not even determine whether or not you've been bitten or not. Because everybody, somebody say everybody. Everybody has been bitten. And what I need you to know is that every single person that you and I encounter every single day on the face of the earth is a dead man or woman walking. That sin isn't just necessarily something that we do. That's who we are to our core. And the problem with that is that if something doesn't happen, if something doesn't change, if something supernatural doesn't take place, then you and I are done for and we're goners. But thanks be to God, and this is what I want you to write down, that sin Maybe the sickness, but yes, guess what? We have been given a cure. That we have been given a cure. The good news of the gospel of Jesus is that we have been given the antidote, that we have been given the remedy, that we have been given the solution, the panacea. And what I want you to understand and what I want you to see is that this crazy thing that God did in the desert. You know what he asked Moses to do? He asked Moses to lift up the serpent, right? The very thing that was the issue, the very thing that was the problem, he asked him to make that the focal point. Set that serpent up on top of a pole, and then if anybody will look at it, if anybody will put their eyes on that pole, they will be healed. And so just like God asked Moses to put a bronze serpent on a pole, hold it up in front of people, and if they'll get their eyes on it, they will be healed. God has made a way for you and I to be healed from this sin that's in our life. Guess what? Here's what I'm going to challenge you with. Jesus Christ was lifted up on top of a pole, on top of a cross, just like the serpent was raised up on that staff, and that if anybody would get their eyes on him, believe on him, they will be saved, they will be cured, and they will be healed. Is there any healed, saved, and cured people that are thankful for Jesus? Come on, can we be thankful today for what God has done? Is there anybody thankful in this room for Jesus? And we've been given the cure. I love 2 Corinthians 5.21. Such a good reminder of this, that for God made Christ, made Jesus who had never sinned, right, who had never been bitten by the curse of sin, to actually be the curse, the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Again, 
Just trying to point it to you really fast. Do you see what God did there? He did the same thing with the serpent in the desert as he did with Jesus on the cross. He made Jesus the curse. He made him who knew no sin to become sin. He was the spotless lamb of God, and yet he put the curse of humanity on himself known as sin. And if anybody would recognize, if anybody would look at him, in him they could be healed just like the serpent on top of the pole in the desert. Do you get it? Do you understand it? Does it make sense that he became the curse for you and me? He became the curse for me. So when I asked you today, hey, 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 listen, well, do you believe in Jesus? I'm asking you, have you ever been cured of your sin? Have you ever asked Jesus to change your life? And this is where I want to land the plane today and where I kind of want to just, uh, just end on this idea today is that now, hey, you know what? Sin is the sickness that a cure has been made, that we have a, a cure made available to you and I. This is my question for you, and I want you to write it down, and I want you to pay attention really quick. What will you do with the cure? What will you do with the cure? And this is what I want you to know. This is what I want you to understand. Is that I'm, I'm going to kind of illustrate this in another way. That again, you have the remedy available to you. That you know the antidote to the infection of sin. And we know that the solution to the cure of what we're supposed to do with this sin sickness that we have in our life. So I, I'm just going to invite our worship director up here real quick because uh, I, I, I need a little help on, my, uh, on stage real fast. So if you don't mind coming up here, that would be awesome. Y'all give it up for Jake. He's coming up here real quick together. Come on. What's up, man? Love you. Appreciate you. Don't y'all love Jake? Don't y'all love Jake? Don't you love our worship? Him and his wife, Mal, just want to honor them for a second, man. So thankful for them. Have known them for a long time and really grateful. And just your hair, your, your, your leadership has grown like your hair has. Come on, somebody. I love that right now. And uh, so I, I love Jake so much. I'm so thankful for Jake. And, and I want to just, real quick, Jake, if you don't mind, could we kind of role play just a little bit this idea that, um, uh, just imagine for a second, you and I are out doing what guys do back 2,000 years ago. I don't even know what that was, but we'd be doing it. You know what I'm saying? So just imagine for just a second, I'm kind of moving over towards this direction, and we find out that Jake is over there, and all of a sudden, I hear Jake scream. And oh my gosh, I can tell he's hurt, okay? I can just tell. And if you can imagine, just I, I just start running. You know, I start running. Oh, <laughs> okay. I start running over to Jake and come to find out Jake has been bitten and also he's fallen. So Jake has fallen. Jake has been bitten. And if you can imagine for just a second, Jake has been bitten by, by, by these poisonous snakes. If you can imagine for just a second, that happens. And I hear about it, and he's there. And I'm like, Jake, bro, you good? No, not good, not good. And I realize he's been bitten. And I realize, oh, oh, okay, I've seen this before. I've seen this happen before. I heard Moses, I heard about this the other day. Somebody had gotten bitten by one of these snakes. And what they did, they had to get their eyes on the, on, on the, on the pole that Moses had, on the curse that was on top of the tree. And so I, I've seen this before. So how do you think I would respond to Jake? Being bitten, do you think I'd be like this? Hey, bro, you good? Not good? Well, man, listen, I'm a little busy. I'm a little busy right now. I got some things going on. Like, let me, um, like, I'm going to come back and get you in a little bit. Be all right right there. 
just hang out. I know you're not going anywhere. I know you're kind of just, just staying there. We're like, I promise I'll be back. I love you. I'm here for you if you need me. I, I'll let you know I'm here for you. All right? And I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to be right back. I got some stuff to do. Okay? How many of y'all think that that's how I'm going to respond? No! You think I'm going to respond that way? This is a man that I love. A man that I, I, a man I, I love his family. I love his wife. His future family, I've known him for years. Man, I, I've been beside him every day. I've, I've walked through different seasons with him. Guess what I'm going to do? You know, you think I'm just going to leave him right there? You know what I'm going to do? No, I'm not just going to leave him there and say, hey, I'll come back and get you sometime. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this right here. Come here, big boy. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to kick through tents. I'll knock people down. I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that I get my boy to the cure. You know what? I know how he can be saved. I know that the cure is there. I know what's going on. And you know what I'm willing to do? I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get him to get his eyes on the cure. Come on. Somebody give it up for Jake. Somebody give it up for Jesus. Even more than that, and what I want you to see is this idea that we walk by people every, I'm out of breath, every single day that are like Jake, that are people we've known for years that are sin sick, and they're bitten by the, by the sickness known as sin. And you know what we say? Hey, I'll be back one day. I hope you can figure it out. Hope you're good over there. I'm here for you, but I got other stuff to do. No, 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 no. I'm here to challenge our church this summer. You know what? If we know the cure and we're not willing to share it with other people, you know what that makes us? Selfish. And I don't want to be a part of a selfish church. I want to be a part of a church that says, you know what? We know what the cure is, and we're willing to do whatever it takes to take Jesus and the cure to as many people as possible all over this county, this nation, and this world. Come on. Can we give God a big shout of praise all over this place? Is there anybody that's signing up for that today? Anybody signing up to say, you know what? I know the cure. I'm not, ta- I'm not, I'm not going to be just passive with the cure. Let's do whatever it takes. I'm trying to stir up your faith this summer. When summer, a lot of times we make it about us. I'm trying to stir up your faith this summer to say, you know what? Do whatever we got to do. Put that up there if y'all don't mind really quick, that last little question. What will you do with the cure? Let's be a part of a church that says, you know what? We know the cure. His name is Jesus. It's by grace through faith that you're saved. And we will go out and we will serve a community. We will, we will do whatever it takes. We'll bring people here. We'll go to you. We'll do whatever it takes to make sure that you can put your eyes on King Jesus. Is there anybody thankful for that today? Come on, let's give him one more big shout of praise. All over this room. So I'm going to ask you, what are you going to do with the cure? What are you going to do with the cure? Maybe you're in this place and you've never responded to Jesus. What are you going to do with the cure? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And if you're watching online, man, thank you for being here. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes if it's safe for you. I want to ask in this room, all over this room, hey, what are you going to do with the cure? That coworker that you're, that you're by, maybe you already have been cured by Jesus. Maybe you've already experienced salvation, but that person that you pass every day, that person in the McDonald's line, that person at McDonald's waiting on you, that friend that you've been praying for for years, you've got to understand it is, a, it is a sickness known as sin that affects everybody. 
And maybe you're in here and you've never received Jesus. You've never experienced the cure of salvation that comes only by grace through faith in Jesus. If that's you, listen, just realize we've all been bitten. We've all messed up. Including the guy with the microphone in his hand. And I've messed up. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus came. But He gave His life for us. Romans 5, 8 says that even while we were still sinning, even while we were still sin sick, Christ died for us. And maybe you're in this room and you need to receive that, that salvation, that cure for your sin. See, there had to be a payment for that. And Jesus became the payment for you and I. And if something doesn't change, if you don't accept Jesus, you'll end up paying for your sin for eternity in a place called hell, separated from God. So maybe you're in this room and you're watching online and you need to decide to give your life to Jesus. If that's you, I would just ask that you would pray something like this. It doesn't have to be word for word, but I want you to mean it in your heart. Would you say something like this? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the answer. I believe that you are the Savior. I believe that you are the healer. And I've realized that I have sinned, I have fallen short, and I'm asking you today to come in my life. I'm asking you to save me, forgive me, cure me, heal me, and use me now to make a difference for you. Thank you for dying for me. I, I believe that you were that curse on top of a tree, that you were the curse on top of the pole, and ultimately you died for me. And I believe that you got out of the grave, and I put my full trust in you today. Thank you for saving me. Maybe you're in here. Maybe you're, you're watching online and you just prayed to receive Jesus today. You just prayed to have that cure applied to your life. I just want to tell you that you just made the best decision that you've ever made. And maybe you're in this room. I'd love to know that you made the decision. If you don't mind, I'm not going to ask you to do anything super crazy. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you, if you just prayed to receive Jesus today, <clears throat> would you raise your hand and would you just drop it right back down? Say, hey, that was me. Just pray to receive Jesus. You can drop it right back down. Awesome. Awesome. Well, maybe you're watching online and, and, and you just prayed to receive Jesus or you're in this place. I saw a couple hands go up. Let me just tell you, you just made the best decision of your entire life to say yes to a relationship with Christ. And maybe you're here, and uh, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I know I just had you raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you necessarily right now to get out of your seat, but I am going to challenge you to tell somebody. No, you just acknowledge that before me and just say, hey, you know what, that was me. I'm going to encourage you, would you tell somebody? There's a few ways that you can even let somebody at our church know because we want to do whatever we can to help you. We know you have questions. We know you're trying to figure out what's next and how, and we want to do whatever we can to make sure that we're helping you with that. And so if you would let somebody from our church know, there's a couple ways you could do that. we got some incredible people on both sides of the stage down here. In just a few minutes when we dismiss, if you don't mind, would you come down here? We'd love to give you a Bible, a new believer's God. It would be awesome. We'd love to do that for you. And if that's not comfortable for you, would you let us know by texting PURPOSE to the number 270-229-6488. That lets us know that you said yes to Jesus today. If you're watching online, just text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. I love that. I believe that today the Holy Spirit has done a work that we could never do. And I believe that salvation has happened today. And I'm so thankful for that. Is there anybody else that's thankful? 
thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to OurPurpose.Church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.